Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 136. I'm Killian Finia. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week on the show, we're joined by social media and marketing coach Angela Anderson to discuss some social media insider tips and how storytelling can help build your salon's clientele. So, grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Killian. Fun episode today. The last time we did one on social media, it ended up being our top performing episode. So I think it still is, isn't it? Isn't it definitely in the top five the last I checked? Yeah, there's definitely an interest for this. So very excited to see how people are going to react to uh, today's topic because we're obviously not talking about the same thing. And today's episode features a new mentor on the Mentorship Hub. Not only is Angela Anderson a social media and marketing consultant herself with Beauty Social Breakthrough, she's just joined the Mentorship Hub this week. So instead of doing my usual spiel in the Inside Force segment, I'm going to do it here. The Salon Mentorship Hub is essentially a place to connect. If you haven't heard me talk about this before, um, essentially we have teamed up with industry coaches and consultants around different topics. And uh, some of these topics feature, you know, client retention, customer service, finance, marketing, social media, retail, all these different areas of running a business. And if you're struggling with anything related to any of these topics, we're lucky enough to have 14 mentors available to help you out with a free 15 to 30 minute consultation on a topic of your choosing. So it's really to help you guys out to start the conversation. We really want to help bridge that gap. So if you have any kind of particular struggle in the salon and you want to have a quick chat about it, see it from a different perspective, this is the place that you can have that happen. And I think we've actually had quite a few of those mentors on this show at some stage, whether it was for a full episode or it was a snippet, but they've all kind of worked with Forrest in some form of content. Absolutely. Yeah. So we figured that, you know, Angela joining the hub just this week, it was the perfect opportunity to have a full episode with her uh, this week and talk about some insider tips. So around storytelling, Instagram captions, hashtags, all that kind of stuff. Really excited to get stuck in. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Angela. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. It's literally morning for you. You were saying that you have your nine hours behind us and you're just flying back from the East Coast. So if anything, you've like pretty much just woke up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Lots of coffee is needed this morning. (laughs) On the flip side, I'm just about to finish off the day. So I'm already quite buzzed. Yeah, and you're just logging on to uh, to this recording, singing and humming. So yeah, um, but before we get into anything else, really today, um, well, first of all, thank you for you know taking part in the mentorship hub. We're really really excited about this. For anyone listening to this podcast who hasn't heard about you before, we were wondering if you could maybe give us a bit of a background run to yourself, like what brought you to your consultancy career. I know you've got a pretty colorful background. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm um, Angela from Beauty Social Breakthrough. Um, I founded this coaching business actually um, uh, earlier this year because I was out in the field with my last job and I had been talking to salons and stylists and salon owners and I was uh, working for a distribution company. So I was um, helping salons with their hair color and their products, sales and that type of thing. And Um, When I was out in the field talking to uh, these salon owners, I found that everyone was asking for help with social media. 
and marketing. Everyone said, you know, we know this is important. We just don't know where to go and how to best utilize it to build our business. Um, so me naturally coming from a cosmetology background, I am um, licensed and uh, having like a natural liking for marketing, I uh, just kind of set out to help these people and thought like, okay, well, I'm good at this stuff. So let me start helping these salon owners. And so um, it kind of just naturally evolved into this like coaching business of me knowing the importance and how to best utilize social media and marketing um, to help salon owners get their name out there and market themselves and build. And so um, it was like this evolution of, okay, I can definitely turn this into a business. I'm kind of already doing that and I'm already helping these people. So uh, yeah, that's how it all kind of came to fruition. And um, it's just been, you know, it's starting your own business is such a journey, but I absolutely love it. And I love this industry because I'm super passionate about it. And it is my background. So it's been a blast so far. Well, you were kind of born into the industry, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, a little bit more background about me, my uh, family actually is located in Las Vegas, Nevada, and they own a cosmetology school out there. Um, they've had it for 47 years. So the longest standing school in all of Nevada, which I always say brag moment on my part. But um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, growing up, I've been surrounded by it my entire life. I uh, went through college and then I moved back to Las Vegas and I went through school kind of always knowing that I wanted to be in this industry, but I didn't necessarily like want to be behind the chair as a stylist, but always knowing I wanted to be more on the business side of it. So I thought, you know, there's no better way than to learn this from the ground up. And so I went through school and then, you know, tried to figure got licensed, tried to figure out my entire life, like what every 20 year old goes through. Um, and then it's just, you know, a couple of years later, found my way back to the industry, launched this business. So here I am today. And um, yeah, I feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Finally. You're just destined for it. You can't move away. You just keep boomeranging back. Yes. So, so true. <laughs> but it really is a dream to be able to kind of find that moment where whatever it is you're working on that you realize actually I can make this a business. And it's not like you're going working for other people or changing jobs the whole time. It's like building your own, I suppose, something tangible, something that you can be proud of, you've built up from the ground. Yep, exactly. Starting from scratch. Starting from scratch. So Angela, on the hope you've listed that uh, you've three areas of expertise. You've got how to use social media to build and retain a clientele, the importance of a good visual website, and why you need to brand your business. Obviously, you're already doing some um, client calls through Beauty Social Breakthrough, but where clients would go to you for a beauty social breakthrough, would it be similar to what's on offer with the Mentorship Hub or do these vary slightly? Yeah, so with the Mentorship Hub, well, first of all, thanks for letting me be a part of this because I'm super excited to be uh, in with your guys' community and I've been following you guys for some time and this is, you guys uh, bring so much great content and just have servant hearts to helping these salon owners. So I'm excited to be a part of it. Um, but yeah, I would say with what I'm doing with the mentorship hub and um, versus my like coaching program. So with the mentorship hub, I am touching on social media, 
website and branding, which is like the three main components to what I um, coach to in my own business. I just go a little bit more in depth um, with my sessions when people do the one-on-one coaching with me. Um, So I also touch on retention, which is a big part of it, obviously, Uh, referrals, reviews, networking. So um, yeah, it's the three main components just with more added value to it. And off the top of your head, what's the number one question that comes back to you all the time? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people come to me and they feel overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. They know this. It's a social media beast, like I always say. And they just they feel kind of at loss because they're so um, I guess they're not confident really on how to go about this, where to start. They kind of played around and dabbled around with it. Maybe they've already spent some money. They've definitely spent some time trying to figure this out and they just feel completely like lost. And it's they know it's a piece of their business. And a lot of these salon owners, they, they want to be able to focus on the part that they like, the craft, right? Um, and so they feel like they just, don't have the knowledge or education or the training to know how to work it for themselves. And so that's the piece where I come in and I train them and I educate them on how it's going to best work for their business and building it up so that ultimately they can let this run in the background, get uh, so that they can get back to doing what they love and um, just have the social media thing work for them, not against them. Like it really is a wormhole. Like once you start doing social media, it's like, what post should I be putting up? What's the perfect mix of posts to share? When should I be posting it each time of the day? So like, it's no wonder that when it comes to social media, that's probably where we're receiving the most hits on like the podcast and even on the blog Zoe as well. It's just, it's like, how do you do it? How do you do it effectively? (laughs) And still manage to run a business at the same time? Because it is like in most companies, it's a full-time job. Yes, exactly. Speaking of that, that's a perfect segue. Thanks, Killian. Uh, would you be seeing a lot more salons starting to have people just focusing on the social media side of uh, of the salon or the spa? Or are you seeing a lot more salon owners uh, doing that as a kind of side job as well? Yeah, yeah. I think there's almost like two pieces to it. So the salons that are building still, they... Uh, Uh, are taking the initiative to learn this themselves rather than like outsource it or hire like a virtual assistant because maybe they're not at the point where in their business where they can afford that. So these type of people, I feel like they are um, eager to learn it. And then I feel like I work with some salons that are extremely busy. They know it's important. They just don't have time for it. And so they are outsourcing it um, or they're having somebody run like a managed social media Uh, membership thing for them, which also is something that I offer as well, because that's something that I would hear from people. We, we know it's important. We just don't feel like we have the time to learn it. So can you do it for us? And so there's kind of two pieces to it. For the salon owners that you have worked with, who are looking to do the social media themselves, have you noticed, um, is there a mix or like, do they tend to work behind a chair or, or more towards the business? Yeah. So, um, you know what? I think I get a little bit of both, actually. I've had both types of salon owners, people that are behind the chair. And a lot of those people tend to just want someone to run the social for them because they're trying to be a, a salon owner and a stylist 
and manage a team most of the time. So those are the type of people that I feel like they just want somebody to handle it for them and take that stress and load off their shoulders. Um, And then it seems like the salon owners that I work with who um, are just focusing on running the business, they are the type that have the, the time to be able to learn this and they're running the social media already. And so they want that education piece. And what's your overall opinion of, say, like, obviously, we're looking at the States, um, but between the quality of salon social media accounts versus, say, um, influencer accounts where, you know, they, they really know what they're doing, they're monetizing it uh, every day. How how would you compare both? Is there like a massive gap, do you feel, or is it just like some tweaks here and there that, you know, could really help out um, the industry? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's it kind of also goes in phases. So Um, I think it depends on how educated people are around social media, because I see there's like a group, almost like a phase one of people who are just getting into the social media and they're just they know they should be posting. So they're just kind of throwing stuff out there where, you know, it's not really resonating with their target market or their potential clients. And phase two, they're more educated and they're posting photos that are in more more in line with reaching their target market. Um, and they just need some tweaks and they need to kind of tailor their messaging. So I think it depends on how educated these salons or these salon owners already are. Um, But one of the things that I notice with influencers versus uh, the salon business is um, a lot of these influencers that have these huge followings, they tend to show up as themselves and they tend to show their face and connect with their audience on a very personal level. And I think what's missing out of salons is that piece. You know, we show beautiful hair pictures, the back of the head or something, but it almost seems impersonal. Um, and so people in social media anymore, people want that authenticity And so they want to be able to connect on a human level. And that's what influencers are really good at doing. Um, Whereas I think salons and hairstylists lack that. They see it as just like, okay, let me post a picture of my work. But they're not connecting personally with their followers. It can be hard when you are so busy and you're like, right, I need to get my social media active. So the first thing that comes to mind is just get content up there. Just make it look like it's it's live and we haven't gone out of business or that like we're offline or anything. Just put the picture out. So it probably drives you mad to just see those photos with like, look at this balayage. There's no context to it. Is it fair to say that influencers would have more time to craft this content? And what does the content look like? Like, I don't even know. What to you is a perfect post? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the one of the concerns that most people come to me with is, like, I just don't have time for this, right? And I know yeah. it, like, good content works, but I don't know how to do it and I don't have the time. And it almost is like a part-time job or a full-time job. Um, So one of the things that I always recommend is in order to get ahead of yourself, which is what all great influencers and um, these people that really build brands online is they're scheduling content. So or you could say like batching content. So they're using scheduling tools to be able to, you know, maybe write out all of their captions and pick their photos for the week And then it will automatically post or you can use some type of app or something to just 
you know, when you have scheduled the content, you just click a couple buttons and it goes out, but you're not sitting there every day between clients or when you have a 10 minute break trying to come up with like a picture and a caption and your hashtags because, you know, you're busy. You have things going on in your life and to, the, to take that quick break to get creative, it's hard to come up with quality things. So um, I always recommend if you have like an hour or something before your week starts, maybe on a Sunday, then take the time, write out a couple of captions, choose from your photos, piece it, piece it together and schedule it. And you're going to be set up for success so much better than if you're just trying to do this on the fly, because Trust me, I've tried to do it myself and it never, the content is never as valuable or educational um, as it could be when you're just trying to throw it together because you know you need to get a post out. And I mean, it's hard to switch from, you know, a kind of behind the chair mindset or, you know, mixing color or this or that to switching all the way to a creative mindset and having to come up with something catchy that's going to resonate, that is going to hit the perfect target audience. Like it is tough. It is, yeah. So as we were doing research for this uh, this particular episode, we were looking through your ebook around Instagram captions, and uh, we were wondering if you had any particular tips that you could give out on air, just because it is a tough one to tackle. So I always recommend there's four types of captions that really resonate with people, and it's really just a matter of picking between these four topics, if you will, um, to to resonate and connect with your uh, target market. So number one, I always say, tell a story. So if you can, uh, the best marketers, I always say, they relate to people on an emotional level and they're telling stories because that's what people remember. They're not remembering the formulas that you used or the facts. They're remembering something that pulls on a heartstring or uh, connects with them personally. So if you can tell a story in your caption, maybe It's uh, a little bit about your client and why this hairstyle suits them and why you chose to do this style on them. Maybe it's, you know, low maintenance and it's a busy mom of three and she needs something that a style or color that's going to best fit her because she can't afford or doesn't have the time to come in every four to six weeks. So something that um, is going to fit her a little bit more better. Now, if you are, that's the target market and you're reading that and um, you relate to that, that post, then people are going to be like, oh my gosh, that's me. This stylist gets me. I want to come see her now or him, whatever it may be. So just relating on an emotional level is really going to help. And number two, describing your client. So again, uh, describe the people who are in your target market, what their lifestyle looks like, what they do for work. um, And people like them are naturally going to be attracted to that. Um, Goes back to what I was saying, you resonate with people who are like you. Um, And then number three is for the pictures of you, which I always recommend show up as yourself, be authentic. That's what these influencers are doing. You know, it's okay to not be absolutely perfect online because we're not, you know, we're human. And so showing uh, your struggles, your flaws, show up as you show pictures of your face do videos, people will totally uh, resonate with that more than like trying to put on this picture perfect facade because no one is perfect. Um, So just tell us about you. Tell us who you are, what you do, how you got into this industry, why you love your salon, and just share about you. Be Be authentic 
and people will absolutely love it. And then number four, I always say like for those pictures of your salon space or of you or a little bit of behind the scenes, recap your thoughts or your feelings or what you've learned this week or what you're grateful for and just make it more personal. And it's funny because people are always really hesitant to do that um, just to kind of share what's on their mind. But that's the content that does absolutely best. All sounds brilliant, but I do have one question and it's not to challenge it or maybe it is to challenge it. I do love the four points, but as you're saying it, it sounds like it's a lot of content. Like as someone that's going from post a picture with one line or a hashtag or something like that, and then I'm listening to the four points, I'm going, okay, so now I'm writing essays, essentially. Um, Do you have any kind of guideline of like, I suppose this is like going back to school where you had word counts. Um, do you have any guideline of just kind of how long a typical post would be? Because we're in the day and age where it's all skimmable content now, isn't it? Where people don't read the full blog. They like fly through and read the key points. So how would it be structured then in that sense? Yeah, that's a great question. And I don't think there's like a certain length that necessarily like is best for social media. And I think it can vary. Um, But what my recommendation is, if you tend to be a little bit more lengthy because you are trying to tell a story or describe your client um, to space it out, because kind of like you were saying, Killian, uh, people's attention spans are very low these days. And so uh, if you can space out like the formatting of your caption or your text um, and just do like one to two sentences and then a line break, one to two sentences, you're going to be able to, people are going to feel that they can indulge that information a lot easier than if you have, you know, a caption on Instagram or Facebook that's three paragraphs long, no spaces. It just looks completely overwhelming. And so another trick there is to utilize emojis. They tend to, I don't want to say like animate it, but it just uh, tends to put like some emotion behind your caption as well. And it makes things, I mean, it's social media. It's fun. It doesn't need to be like a a whole essay by any means. Um, So if you can, you know, do like your very first line is most important on your caption because that's where people start and that's before they click the three buttons to expand the caption and and continue reading. So if you can hook them on that and then use some emojis to break up your, um, your verbiage, it's going to get people's attention a lot more than if you just do one line with a bunch of hashtags, or if you do, you know, two paragraphs, that's not ideal. I really like your, uh, your spacing, your spacing Mm -hmm. idea, because it's kind of like taking a big piece of information and just chunking it down into little bite-sized digestible pieces that are easy on the eye, but also easy on the mind. Yes, so true. (laughs) I can only take in so much at a time. (laughs) So, so what would you recommend? Um, You know, like how visually it's easy, well, I suppose easier probably to showcase what your brand is like, the vision and all of that. How do you do that within your caption? How do you make that resonate through all of your posts? Do you recommend, you know, salon owners create a certain uh, document with vocabulary that they can reuse and, and, and such that really resonates with their vision, their brand? Or do you just kind of go with your gut and that's it? <laughs> Wing it. <laughs> Wing it, right? 
I think it has to do with like the culture of the salon or the stylist. And so the best way to connect with your audience is to talk on social media how you would talk to your clients or your staff or whoever's in your salon space in person. So you really want to have that branding match from the in-person experience to what they're finding online. And that has to do with your messaging, how you're speaking to people, how that feeling or that vibe or the, um, I guess, if you're speaking really like a, in a very proper way in your salon, because that's the culture of your salon, then that's the way you should be uh, using or that's the way your messaging should be on social media. But if you're more fun, funky, and hip uh, in person in your salon, then that's how you should talk on your social media posts. So you really want to be able to match that that voice, and that's going to help create that consistency across your branding. Yeah, and then I suppose in that case, you could probably like share the responsibility of social media among your staff. Like, Is that something you would encourage um your clients. Yeah, you could definitely, um, there's like the Instagram takeover days or weeks and you, you could, uh, if you have, you know, like a, a bit, a large team, you can really get, create some excitement and get people involved by maybe assigning it each week to a different stylist and they're in charge of stories because this is a big piece of social media and um, maybe they get behind the scenes, they show up as themselves in video and they do some, you know, what's going on in the salon behind the scenes stuff for stories. Um, but I would probably recommend if you're going to stay consistent with your actual like feed post, maybe just have one person do that. So your messaging, because that's where you're going to be creating your longer captions is going to um, be more consistent rather than having like, you know, this stylist voice here, doing this, writing this pose, and now a different one, and it doesn't really match. It becomes kind of all over the place. That actually does make sense. Like you could utilize your staff for the takeovers, but at the end of the day, it's your business's tone that needs to continue on and have that longevity. Yeah, actually, that does make sense. (laughs) So you know how like the tactics around hashtags seem to change and I suppose the best comparison to that would be kind of Google with SEO and rankings you never really know what they want or how they do their algorithm and stuff um like I've seen a lot of people talk about uh shadow banning as well and like using too many of the same hashtags it actually like doesn't show your post anymore and stuff like that what are you seeing or your observations around the whole hashtagging practices at the moment Yeah, it's crazy, right? Because it's always changing and it's like you can never actually figure it out because there's never any guidelines around it. But um, from my own personal experience and my clients' experiences on what I coach them to and what we found works versus doesn't work, um, I think the, the main focus around hashtags is you have to change them up frequently. Um, and what I've found around uh, shadow banning. It's when people use the same set of hashtags for every single post. Um, Instagram doesn't like that. And also it will start showing your pictures to less people or your content to less people. So it's really important to switch them up as often as possible. So say if you are going to schedule five posts a week, then have five different groups of hashtags. And then the next week, if you do another five photos, Um, captions and hashtags, you can 
use those same groups uh, like in a different week, but I would say come up with at least a minimum of five different sets of hashtags or, you know, if you can even do more, if you could have like two weeks worth, so maybe 10 groups of hashtags, that's going to help big time and just mixing up um, how you are, uh, the place that you're putting them, putting them in is really going to help. Um, as far as like strategies around hashtags, I always say that it you should have three types of hashtags. So your industry hashtags, um, and this is really great for people who are trying to get noticed within the industry, or maybe they're trying to build as an educator. So hashtagging like the big industry hashtags, like behind the chair or American salon, modern salon. I mean, really these hashtags are just uh, used really for people who want to potentially get uh, reposted or noticed or something along those lines. But as far as building for like a local community, th- those hashtags aren't really relevant because, you know, your everyday Joe Schmo coming in for a haircut isn't going to be looking up behind the chair. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're really trying to uh, focus on building a local clientele and building up your client base, then you really want to be hashtagging locally. So what that means is you need to be including the city, the state, and then adding salon on the end or stylist or, uh, you know, I'm here in Phoenix, Arizona. So a couple examples would be like Phoenix salon, hashtag Phoenix salon, hashtag salon, Phoenix, hashtag um, Phoenix stylist, hashtag Phoenix hairdresser, you know, using any combination, there's not really like a rule of how you can combine like the two or three words together, just mix it up and try and come up with as many local combinations as possible. Um, because then you're potentially going to be reaching more people depending on how they're searching. So that's really a way to be able to People always say, okay, well, I'm hashtagging, but I'm re- I'm located in Arizona and I'm reaching people in Canada. Okay, well, that's not going to help you build up your salon client base, right? Because, yeah, it's great that you have eyeballs on your content, but that's not going to help you make money. You need to be reaching people in your local area. So think about where identifying your target market, too, and think about where they're hanging out. You know, are they going to the gym? Are they going to yoga studios? Are they eating at the cafe next door? And really uh, get creative on how you can uh, come up with these hashtags of where your target market is hanging out. And then lastly, the third piece is, Um, You can include service-related hashtags. So this is really great for changing up your hashtags for every post. So if you're posting a picture of a haircut versus a balayage, you're going to be using different hashtags for that, you know. So you can hashtag blended balayage in the picture of the color that you just did with the balayage. And then if you just did a textured cut, you're not going to be hashtagging blended balayage. You're going to be hashtagging like textured haircut or haircut AZ, whatever it may be. Do you use any tools to help you identify hashtags to use? Because sometimes I look at accounts and it could be like people I follow on social media and it looks like they just word from hashtags. Like some of these hashtags to use don't, I don't know if I'm being really old here or not, but so, <laughs> so I'm not that old, I swear. Um, but some of the hashtags to use, like sometimes it's just a big sentence. It's not even like keywords. So like, how do you kind of, 
experiment with these hashtags? Do you, I, I know you said you kind of look at areas local to you, um, but are, any, are there any tools out there that can kind of help you find popular hashtags? Yeah, absolutely. My, I've looked at different tools, but I think what works best is just doing it kind of the old school way, call it, just getting on to Instagram. You have that search bar and type in hashtag and then whatever you're looking to hashtag, put it in there in the bar, the search bar, and then it will show you how many people or how many posts have utilized that hashtag. And I think it's best to use a combination of um, hashtags that aren't super widely popular because then you're getting a lot more niche and then also including some of those hashtags that everybody's using because, um, you know, people are using it, which means people are searching it. But having those smaller hashtags, let's say like um, under, let's say 50,000, um, it's a, a lot less people are using them. So you become your SEO is a little bit more targeted on Instagram. Would you keep a database of the hashtags you use? So like, it sounds like quite a bit of effort to go into Instagram, search the hashtag. So say I find a hashtag, I see a thousand posts. Do you log that anywhere for reference next time? Or do you just go through the cycle every time? Yeah, that's a great question. So what I coach my clients to doing is to create like a Word document, or you could keep it on the notes of your phone, or if, you use, if you're using a certain scheduling tool, some of these uh, platforms allow you to store your groups of hashtags. And then um, create like, okay, so say you're going to schedule your content for your week, create five different groups of hashtags, depending on what you're going to be posting, if you already have those photos uh, pre-picked out and go and create your hashtag groups, save them in a document. And then all you're doing really is copying and pasting it when you're ready to post or you put it in your scheduling tool and it's already there. Every time you're posting, you're not having to think, okay, I need to come up with 30 hashtags. Um, You already have them ready to go because you've already done the work up front. What if, uh, you know how sometimes you would have a post and you think, right, I've got this down to like perfection and it just doesn't get the results that you're looking for. How do you bounce back from that? If you're getting less impressions and you're creating a lot more of those posts and maybe it's just a time of the day that you posted it, like how do you know what impacted that flop and how do you come back from it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that happens to everybody. It's so funny. You think you have this awesome piece of content and you know it's absolutely going to kill it out there and you're going to get all the likes and all the comments, all the impressions and engagement. And then it's like a total flop, right? And you're like, what the heck? I thought my audience would like this. So um, I think it's just part of playing the game of social media. And you really do have to um, look at your analytics or at least look at the number of likes and engagement that your post got to see what's resonating with your audience. So a lot of times what you think is going to work is not actually working and your audience is liking other types of content. So I think it is really important just to be paying attention. Now, I'm not one of those people and I don't really coach my clients to like putting together full reports of like each post got this much engagement and here's the analytics and it increased by this much. I, while I think it's important to kind of just be paying attention and eyeballing it, 
Um, you know, you, you guys are busy salon owners and a lot of people don't have time to do all of that. It's just almost adds another layer of social media, but just, just be paying attention. You know, when you, you have some free time, check out the posts and how, which ones performed the best versus which ones didn't. And just be mindful about creating content around the posts that tend to do better than the posts that don't, um, because that's what your audience ultimately is liking. So how would you reassure your clients then that their posts are performing well or that their social media is becoming more engaged if it's not necessarily always about kind of the likes or the impressions? Because at the same time, like we see a lot of content on Instagram, but it doesn't mean I'm going to comment or like all of it. So do you have any kind of ways to assure your clients that they are doing better? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to remember social media when you're thinking of like the broad picture of marketing, it's almost like an awareness phase that of what social media is doing. So just because people aren't always liking and commenting, um, a lot of times if you're being consistent with your social media, they're still seeing you, you know, they're still seeing your salon name or picture of you show up across the feed, especially if you are active on stories um, and on the feed. So you have to remember it's something that it, it takes time to build just because someone sees your post for the first time doesn't mean that they're going to decide they want to come in and get uh, a haircut from you. So it's one of those things where it's fits in social media fits into this broad picture of marketing and it is a very crucial component of it because um, as hairstylists or salon people, your work is visual and uh, Instagram and Facebook allows you to show that visual, uh, I guess, artwork basically uh, to your potential clients or your clients that you already have. So um, just being patient with it, putting to being consistent and getting together kind of a plan of how you can be posting on a regular basis throughout the week is going to help you. Um, and don't stress when, you know, your analytics are down. Just just keep at it, really, because you never really know who's lurking in the background. You Sometimes you think, okay, well, I only got a certain number of likes. And then all of a sudden you get this new customer coming into your salon and they said that they saw you on social media. Yet, like if you really dive in, maybe they've never even liked or commented on your photo. At the end of the day, um, what's important is that you're actually getting new clients. That's the most important analytic as opposed to the number of likes you get. That's just a vanity metric, really. So persistence is key here. Just yep. keep at it and at it and at it. And eventually it'll grow. Might take a week, might take six months, might take a year. But yeah, just keep it going. Exactly. So we've covered a lot there and especially kind of really emphasizing that you need to be telling stories here. You've got four captions that you listed through the episode. So just skip back there about 15 minutes if anyone wants to re-listen to them. But have you got any examples then of what would a typical, hmm, I don't know whether to say bad post or not, but I'm going to say bad post looks like online and how you could improve or what it should look like. Do you have any examples? Yeah, I sure do. So I'll give you an example here of what I most often see from hair salons on what they post versus as far as like a caption goes versus something that would uh, relate to their audience a lot more. So, um, you know, quote unquote, here's a bad example of 
uh, a caption that a lot of people tend to kind of throw up. They'll post a picture of, um, you know, a beautiful blended balayage in the caption. That's all they'll write. They'll name the service that they did, you know, beautiful, icy, blended balayage. And then with a bunch of hashtags they use. And clearly, like anyone scrolling the feed, can they can see that from the picture already. They don't have to really be told what the service is because most people anymore are educated on these types of things. And so um, you don't really need to like state what it is rather than sharing a little bit about the experience or the client. So I'm going to give you an example of a caption that would do a lot better if you posted a picture of a balayage um, instead. So here, here's how it goes. This fun spirited client of mine, Brittany, is a mama to two young kiddos. She was referred to me by another client. And did I mention both ladies were rewarded with something special? I have absolutely loved getting to know Brittany on a personal level. Our personalities totally meshed from the minute she sat in my chair. We chose this blended balayage for her because it pairs well with her busy lifestyle. The grow out will be natural looking and it's super low maintenance. See you every few months, Brittany. That's amazing because just recently we've done an episode around emotional intelligence and how people behind a chair should be more kind of aware of emotional intelligence and everything you put in that post there just kind of encapsulates all of that. Like you wouldn't get that from someone who doesn't appreciate people, would you? <laughs> yes, exactly. So Angela, this has been fantastic. I mean, I hope that people either in phase one or phase two of their social media get a lot from this. If people want to get in touch, obviously you're on the mentorship hub uh, just as of recently. If they want to get in touch with your consultancy, how do they do that? Is it just through your website or can they get in touch through Instagram? Do you have any handles to give out? Yeah, absolutely. I always say I'm really easy to get in touch with because uh, I'll get back to you on any of the platforms, I promise. But the, um, I would say the best way is to find me on Instagram or on Facebook. So my handle on both those platforms is at beauty social breakthrough and that's spelled all the way out exactly how it sounds um also on those platforms i share tons of tips and tricks and valuable content that um, i gear towards beauty professionals who are looking to build a clientele and, and retain those clients so um, follow me on there at least and get some good uh, educational pieces and i think it will really help um, people out just with kind of grasping some of these concepts that I like to share to, to help all the salon professionals out. Other than that, um, you can find me on my website and that also is beautysocialbreakthrough.com. Excellent stuff. You know what I really can't wait to see now? Some proper social media posts. <laughs> I mean, like I follow quite a few of our clients online and I can't wait to see them all bring these tips in, bring this advice in and start taking us on a journey. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to help them big time. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure to have you on. Yes, thank you guys so much. And I hope that everyone finds it helpful. And it was a pleasure chatting with both of you guys. Built with the latest technology and impeccable design, the all-new salon-branded apps are proven to help increase salon's online bookings and retention rates by 4 and 16% respectively. 
Deliver a convenient and personalized experience your clients will remember. Your brand, your app, your way. Manage, market, and grow your business with Forest Salon Software, a premium cloud-based salon software system for three-plus employees. Visit forest.com for more details. Let's grow. I just said it there and I'll say it again. I can't wait to see some posts from salon owners now, one from salons kind of using these tips and advice and just, I want to see more journeys. More storytelling, more journeys. Yeah. Because like Angela said, like you see a picture and it's someone describing the service. I'm like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like I've nothing more to that. Yeah. It's almost like a closed caption, really. The captions that like that describe the service. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we have next on our Inside Forest segment? Well, I suppose we'll kick it off with the Forest Academy. The Forest Academy is the one-stop education shop. It's an online learning portal full of fun, interactive and bite-sized self-taught training courses, which cover each and every area of your forest system. At the moment, we have the Get Started with Forest series, the Products and Inventory series. If you're in the US, we have Memberships and Forest Pay Device. We have some courses there on the Forest Go app, the Salon Branded app, and Forest Tree Card. So we've loads of courses there, but we've just released a brand new one. And it's part of what we call the Essential Management Series. So that series has three micro series, we'll call them. You've got your business setup, your system management, and the payroll and reports. And we've only just recently released the business setup which is, it's tailored towards kind of salon owners, managers, and front of house. And it takes you through adding and editing staff profiles and their qualifications, setting up the rosters, um, setting them up for online booking settings too, assigning staff categories, pins, and access levels with commission. And then you'll be able to kind of monitor staff and finance reports. So loads on the business side of using Forrester. And we're working on the second part of that series soon. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. You're saying that more and more often now. Am I? I've never even noticed. (laughs) I've just got so much going on. Well, actually, speaking of which, next week is the Salon Owners Summit Roadshow in Philadelphia, our second installment of the Salon Owners Summit Roadshow. And um, we're bringing some of the greatest minds in the industry together with salon owners and managers for a day full of education, networking, festivities. So announced speakers, if you haven't gotten your ticket yet, you should. Uh, So announced speakers are Ashley Tolliver-Williams, Olivia Smalley, Jay Williams, Josh Haffetz, Rachel Ringwood and Joe Gagliotti. With your ticket comes obviously access to all of these great talks, actionable takeaways to implement in your salon, networking opportunities along with like breakfast, lunch, coffee breaks. We'll keep you going all day. And then everything will be followed with a champagne reception, open bar, and you'll uh, of course get a bag full of swag and educational materials to take home with you because Without a bag of swag, it's not a forced event. Important note, uh, you do not need to be a forced client to attend. So please do feel free to reach out or book your ticket directly through this episode's notes. Like I said, this experience is open to everyone. Next, we have the Salon Owner Summit flagship event coming in January 2020 in Dublin. And the theme for this is to create a focused 2020 business vision. We've got a whole lot of speakers announced and workshops are an additional part of this event. So if you're interested, you can request a callback uh, to get tickets or just more information and you just have to follow the link in the episode's notes. Last but not least, on Thursday, October 24th, so in about a week and a half, we're inviting salons from all around the world to go paperless for a day. So that means ditching the paper receipts and sending out email receipts or digital receipts instead. 
So the idea is to make a pledge and make a change. Uh, because if you don't know already, there is on average 300 billion paper receipts that are printed each year, which means that's the equivalent of 25 million trees. And 25 million trees to produce the paper receipts, that means we consume 22 million barrels of oil, which is very, very considerable. So as industry and consumers are becoming more sensitive to sustainability, and we've been talking about it a whole lot more on our recent episodes, if you haven't started thinking about how your salon can connect with customers who have an eco mindset, now is the time to get on it. Uh, And we're inviting you to make a pledge essentially on October 24th to produce zero paper receipts for one day only. So you simply have to fill out the pledge form with the link in the episode's notes and you'll receive a special media pack to help you with your 24-hour paperless goal and you'll be able to promote your brand as being eco-conscious at the same time. Again, this is an initiative that you do not need to be a forest client or own salon software to participate in. And we're excited to see how you guys get on and how many people join in. It's really time, I think, and you know, Killian, I think you can attest to this. I think it's time for our industry to take a stand for our environment. So October 24th, save the date. And well, that's all we got for this week, guys. So as always, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode or have any suggestions, send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We genuinely love feedback and are always looking for ways to improve the show. Otherwise, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.